On today's episode of LDL Letters, I have a letter from Melissa that we met in Richmond just a few weeks ago. She was not raised Mormon, but she relates to all things Mormon just from the way she was raised. Yeah, religions are really similar, as it mm-hmm. turns out. Mm-hmm. We also hear from Laura, who was raised Mormon and part-time Pentecostal. She has an interesting story. That'll fuck you up. Yeah, well, and it probably did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that just after this. All righty. Hey, Virginia. Did you know the law protects patients from surprise medical bills? Insurance companies and hospitals post cost information online. You can request a good faith estimate three days ahead of hospital care. Know your rights as a healthcare consumer. Visit controlyourcare.com to learn more about patient-focused healthcare laws. Controlyourcare.com can help empower your healthcare decisions. Paid for by the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Hey everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is episode 17 of LDL Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail uh, Podcast. <laughs> I feel like you cut our letters off too 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 quickly. Well, you just got it back in there. Do you feel better about yourself? Letters. Good to go. You know, sometimes, folks, you just got to let her do her thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you do. Okay. And that's what I did. And you feel better? I do. Excellent. So we have a couple of crappy letters. Yeah, these ones really suck, guys. So <clears throat> if you want to go ahead and skip over Maybe them. up your game, people. I'm kidding. These are great <laughs> letters. Of course they are. They're all fantastic. Um, I want to make a slight correction. One of the letters we're reading today is from someone named Lara. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Several weeks ago, month maybe, we read one from someone named Lori, but I mispronounced her name. It was Lori. It makes a difference. Of course it does. Those yeah. are two completely different people. <laughs> they really are. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give Lori credit if it was Lori, or was it the La- reverse of that? No, you, no, it's Lori. That was the correct one. Okay. Yeah. So Cor- thank you, so Lori. And Lori, you didn't send this shit. <laughs> so get on it. You know who you are. Do you? The I other, don't know who you are. <laughs> the other correction is we had someone come by, uh, Richmond Pride. I'm mm-hmm. getting them all confused at this We've point. We've done a lot of prides. We have. We have. And there's more to come. Mm-hmm. But we met someone. Well, again, we had met her before. Her name was Marie. And she came by the booth. The time before that we saw her was at our 100,000 download party, I think. No, 150,000. What was it? Some some thousands. Did we have a, a 100,000 download party? That's what we had. We had a 150. We need, no, I don't think we did. I think no? we skipped 150. I think we had 100. All right, let's go with 100. We might need to do a 200. Oh, it's for sure we're going to do a 200. It's coming right up. Yeah. Anyway, we met Marie again at that party, mm-hmm. but by the time she came up to say hello, I think I was like well into my beers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Marie, I apologize because when I saw you at Capital, no, Richmond Pride, I'm so confused. I had forgotten that. So that is on me. That is my bad. Oh, I know what you're talking about. This yeah. was the awesome lady, girl, whatever you want to be called, that we met at <laughs> a gay bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. met her the night before Capital Pride at League of Her Own. Their uh-huh. own. League, League of Their of Own? Her Own. Her Own. Oh, Lordy. Whatever. And I'm so confused. What's happening? Uh, we what's just... happening is we've been traveling so <laughs> damn have. much. We are exhausted. And we the are. days all run together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one more trip in a few weeks, and then we're home for the rest of the year. So hopefully can, we can recover. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to Phoenix next. But Atlanta was fantastic. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
did rain a little bit while we were there, which is unfortunate. But got to see a lot of my old friends because I lived there for a long time, and they're such great people. Mm-hmm. We meet a lot of amazing people. Yeah, we do. Yeah, pretty blessed. Whatever the word is you want to use. Yeah, pretty, some people hate the blessed word. We're blessed. We're lucky. We're fortunate. Fortunate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. I don't mind blessed. I don't know. Maybe the universe blesses. I'm just, you know what? I'm grateful. Okay. There you go. Just a blanket we'll gratitude. Shall we get on to the letters? We shall. Day? Do you want to go first? Rock, paper, scissors? Um, okay. Rock, Ready? paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, I, I think I, I, cut you. I shot early. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes there. So many jokes. Yeah, I did paper. You did scissors. So you um, get to go. Well, your letter is longer. Do you want to do longer letter first or longer letter last? It doesn't actually matter. Okay, I'll you go, go first. Ahead. All right, how about I go first? This and, letter. Um, Domino's chewing the entire I know, time. He's excited that we're back. Yes. Um, and so he wants to chew all of his bones within like two inches from our bodies. <laughs> so thanks, Dom. <laughs> all right, this one comes from Melissa. And we actually met Melissa in Richmond a few weeks ago. Oh, okay, great. So this makes me happy when we meet people for the first time and they're already wanting to share their stories. That, yeah. that makes me feel like... Yeah, we're doing some good. People are wanting to talk. I I love love sharing the stories. I know, it's fantastic. We all have a story to tell. Mm -hmm. My voice is a little hoarse. We've been talking a lot over the weekend, so Mm -hmm. please forgive the man voice. (laughs) I kind of like the man voice, if I'm being honest. If I'm being honest. It's kind of turning me on. Do I have a man (laughs) voice, too? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. How should I do that? Uh Uh-huh. All right, here we go. From Melissa. I mentioned that I was a minister, recently came out, and you said that I was the second clergy you had met that day. She's talking about... Richmond Pride. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've started to listen to your podcast, and I went back to the beginning. I'm up to number seven, the Christmas letter. I bet she's further than that now. Oh, probably. Yeah. I think what strikes me the most is while I did not grow up Mormon, I find myself agreeing with the comments you have made about getting married, sex before marriage, dealing with a virgin spouse, and having no place to talk about your feelings, because even if you could recognize them, what were you going to do? Mm. Very true. That is true. Yeah, there's a lot in there. There's people like myself who couldn't recognize that I was gay because of my upbringing. Yeah. And then there's people who recognize that they are gay but despite stuck. their upbringing, but they're like, well, I got no one to talk to. You know? Right, right. Um, yeah, it's a rough place. All right. I grew up PC. What's that? USA. Presbyterian? Maybe. I think so. All right. I grew up PC, which is the moderate middle of the Presbyterian world. I should have just kept reading. Yeah, she would have explained right it. In there. Okay, my bad. <laughs> okay. I grew up PC, which is the moderate middle of the Presbyterian world and also the largest. I never felt an overt dogma that says gays were of the devil until the mid-90s when the infamous Amendment B was added to the Book of Order, which is their governing constitution. Wow, Book of Order. <clears throat> Is Interesting. That like word of wisdom. I don't Doctrine know. I get all covenants. These. Yeah. Doctrine and covenants. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it all mixed up. You do. It put chastity and singleness and fidelity in marriage as part of the ordination vows, and this applied to professional clergy and elected lay people called elders. It took until 2015 to have it removed, and that same year, the definition of marriage was changed from man and woman to two people. Hmm. Needless to say, the more rural, conservative churches left the denomination. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. I currently live and used to work in the Presbytery, regional governing body, that introduced Amendment B to begin with. Started that shit. Okay. When everything was happening leading up to 2015, it looked like each presbytery would ratify the changes. Two out of my three churches began to talk about leaving. I had to tell them they would leave alone as I was not leaving the denomination. But at the same time, I was beyond excited that this change was occurring. It made me stop and really question my own sexuality and what was I doing with my life. Technically, I've been married 20 years, known my girl's father for 21 years. 
when you talked about coming out to your former spouse and then not wanting to have sex and not knowing what to do and doing it anyway and how you felt and imagine how he was feeling, I was like someone else who gets it. Wow. I did not want to hurt Thad, but I did. I cannot get around that. I told him from the get-go that I was not 100% straight, and his response was, when that changes, we can deal with it then. Wow. Yeah. By that time I had my second child, I did not want to have sex with him or have him even near me. Mm. You know, this is making me think back to my marriage, and I totally get it. It's not that my ex-husband was forcing himself on me in any way. Right. You know, he's not like a marital rapist kind of thing. But since I didn't have that attraction, mm-hmm. when I did have sex with him, I mean, I'd have been fine never having sex. I, I didn't want to have sex with him because I'm gay. Yeah. So when I did have sex with him, it was out of guilt. Not that he put that guilt on me, but it was like, well, of course— he he's felt a guy. Yeah, he's going to want to have sex. And so it wasn't a marital rape, but in my in my mind it felt that way because huh. I didn't want to do it and I did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard because when I finally kind of told him about how I was feeling, he felt horrible. He's like, "God, I would I never want you to do something you don't want to do." Right. But there was no way around it. That was how I was going to feel every single time. Yeah, yeah so I get what well, she's saying. And I feel like You in particular, maybe women in the Mormon church in general, I'm not sure, are just raised to do what they don't want to do anyway, because they don't get to have an opinion. They don't get to have like ideas of their own. They just do what they're supposed to. And that's what you felt like you were supposed to do. Of of course. You didn't have a voice. You didn't know know how to stand up for yourself yet. No, I I didn't. Yeah. And um, we've said this before, the Mormon church doesn't just screw up the girls, it screws up the guys too. And so when Brent and I got married, the way he was taught was like, well, he's saved himself for marriage. And now that he's got a wife, like that's his gift. He gets to have sex, lots of sex whenever he wants. Right. And I am there to fulfill that need. Yeah. And again... Not a marital rapist, but the attitude of, you know, hey, yeah. I've saved myself. Right. Like, this, this is... You're mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're my vessel. You're my vessel. Uh, <laughs> throughout the course of the marriage, definitely there was a little more communication about that, and it wasn't so traumatic. But again, that's how he was raised. Like, right. I have earned this mm-hmm. because I'm a good Mormon man. I've earned this woman. And I mean, we get a lot of letters, and there's a lot of letters of women who feel the same way. Raise your hand. Yeah. Raise your hand if you felt like you had to have sex with your husband because you were Mormon. I know that sounds horrible, but that's how it is. And also in Mormonism, you're not really taught how to discuss things of a sexual nature. There was no way I would have been at all capable in the first 10 years, at least of my marriage to tell my husband, you know what, this is what this feels like to me. Wow. So I know it sounds bad the way I talk about it, but I didn't communicate with him either about how it was making me feel. Right. So, and and you again, you thank you, Mormonism. No, I wasn't. I, I was taught that this was my job. Somehow you were taught along the way that that would make all that stuff that was your job as a Mormon woman would make you happy somehow. Yeah. yeah. But it never did. No, no, no. And I sure as hell wasn't about to talk about it because I didn't have any communication skills as far as anything intimate is concerned. And I don't it just sucks. So she's feeling the same way. She wasn't raised Mormon. She was not Mormon at all. But right. it must just be this common thing, these gay women or gay men for that matter, who have been basically forced into a straight marriage. Sure. And they just feel, I don't want to say raped, but it does kind of feel, and, and listen, it's like a mental rape. Does that make sense? It's like you're, you're, you're saying yes, but inside you're feeling no. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, listeners? I don't know how else to put it. It was never yeah. for me forced, but I had to force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, very traumatic. Yeah. 
It's almost like you did that to yourself in yeah. a way because yeah. you allowed it. Right. You didn't stand up. You didn't speak up. Not speaking up for myself. It just it just kind of made that even more concrete in me that I don't have a voice. Yeah. I don't want to derail the letters episode too much, but you are able to speak up now and now you have a voice. Yeah. And now you're helping others have a voice. Absolutely. My question for you is, have you forgiven yourself? Um, yeah, I don't feel like, I don't know how to put it. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to forgive myself because it wasn't myself doing these things. You know, I was so fucked up. I so was you don't, so fucked you up. Don't hold yourself responsible. No, okay. no, because the me that I am now, the me that should have been me my whole life would never have allowed these situations to happen. Yeah. And I, I don't need to forgive myself because I didn't do anything wrong. I was a victim and victims don't need forgiveness. Yeah. No, I hear you. But a lot of people who are victims blame themselves anyway. So I was curious about that. And I'm glad to hear that. That you don't take responsibility for that. Right. Which is good. Right. It's like, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Yeah. I mean, totally. And I don't feel like I needed to forgive my ex-husband for these things, you know, Mm -hmm. because he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know what he was doing. He was acting the way he was raised. I wasn't being communicative. Yeah. Just a big, fugly Mormon mess. Mm -hmm. Um, Thanks, Mormon church. Yeah. Thanks, fuckwads. (laughs) Appreciate it. Anyway, <laughs> should we get back to the letter? We shall. Sorry, it was a little bit of a, it kind of triggered a little something in me there. So it's um, okay. She just talked about that she wasn't 100% straight. His response was that changed the way we can deal with it. By the time she had her second child, she didn't want to have sex with him or have him near me. That's wow. what kind of sent me off on my yep. trigger. Yeah. Okay, carrying on. A situation presented itself. And after discussing it with him, I had my first lesbian experience. And well, there have not been any questions since then about what I like and prefer. Well, there you go. There you go. I (laughs) want to say that I do not feel like you have to be a part of a cult to experience the conflicting theology, social commentary, and family expectations to have the feelings you have articulated. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. As I said, I resonated with your story, and I am as far away from being Mormon as I can be. By the way, I've been very nice to the missionaries when they come by. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to have them on the podcast. I know. Why don't they knock on our door? So like, <laughs> I don't know. Hello, elder and elder. Come on in. We're about to record a podcast. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. just in time. Oh, what if it's two hot sisters that come in? Oh, Will they be uncomfortable yeah. if we're like, so we're lesbians? <laughs> Are you going to come on to the like Are either sister of you, missionaries? Do either of you feel like wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> we can change. <laughs> Lord. Anyway. Okay. By the way, I've been very nice to missionaries when they come by, and I learned after having a very long discussion that they are not sent out with any knowledge. I'm sure. It's true. Yeah. Which makes you feel bad for them. It's like, oh, you poor things. I really hope that you are in the large percentage of missionaries that leave the church within five years after they go home. Mm-hmm. And by the way, don't waste five years. Leave now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I pointed out that they did not talk about the Holy Spirit, and when they tried to, it was always tied to something concerning Joseph Smith or another leader of the church. I felt sorry for them because they were being asked to do something that really requires a solid foundational base of what you believe and what you've been taught if your desire is to convert. Hmm. Yeah, they just don't know. Yeah. They're like, well, I feel it. Uh-huh. Sure you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope in the next few months I will catch up to where you guys are currently. Yeah, get it together. It should take you like a weekend. <laughs> I've done seven podcasts since Friday, so I think I'm making good wow. time. Yes, you are. I also want to say that both of your voices are sexy. Ooh. Oh, my God. That is so true. Yeah, I'm, especially I'm this, on right now. Especially this morning phlegmy <laughs> sick voice. Do you like it? Wow, you're really winning me over with a phlegmy sick part. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> 
I love your dynamic and the fact that I feel like I am your best friend that you are talking to. Thank you so much. I love hearing that. I love it. That's I love fantastic. it. I love it. Thank we you, Melissa. We are your best friends, everybody. We sure as shit are. Mm-hmm. I love getting the stories. So look at it this way. You, I'll look at you, it. You look at it. Just look <laughs> at it. You listeners feel like you're our best friends because we're so open with you. So return the favor. Be yeah. open with us. I love to hear more about the people that are listening to us. It, I do it, too. I love the letters. They're amazing. I love that we have somehow stumbled upon creating this healing space for people where they feel like they can share. It kicks ass. It It feels so good to go from being the one who needs to heal Mm -hmm. to being the one who helps heal. I know. That's the whole passing it forward, pay it forward. Pay it forward, pass the torch. Pass to the left. (laughs) Whatever it is. Is this a relay? (laughs) I don't know what's happening. (laughs) It really didn't take you all that long to feel better about your situation and then start to be in a place where you could help others. You know, telling my story, yeah, telling my story was empowering. And the more people I could tell it to, the easier the healing became. Starting the podcast, suddenly I was telling thousands of people and... You started healing pretty quick. I did because there's just power in telling your story. Mm -hmm. I mean, my therapist has said that forever and I'm like, I don't know how that would be. I know. Anytime you were about to go to therapy, I don't know what he's going to help me with today. (laughs) I'm like the most (laughs) argumentative person in therapy. Well, why would it even help to talk about it? Uh People, it helps to talk about it. (laughs) Share your stories. Yes, we love them. If it's we haven't healing. read yours yet, I have read it personally. We have a, a list. Yeah, a we haven't gotten list. to it yet. And doesn't mean that we haven't read it yet. We have. Even if I haven't replied yet, doesn't mean I haven't read it. I've read everyone's. So thank you. Yeah, she has a funny system. It's not really a system. <laughs> it's, it's more, well, it is. It's a system of confusion, <laughs> uh, which is the life that I lean. <laughs> she gets to it eventually. Yeah, I do. I sure do. Yep. Okay, shall we take a quick break and then get to Laura's letter? By the way, thank you, Melissa, for writing in. Yes, thank that you. Was that amazing. was amazing. Fantastic. And I love, I love to, he- to hear other. Oh, I just cut you. I love. No, you. What am I, I, I love. I'll what? say one word. Oh, you oh, said the so other. Like other word. Love to hear other people's stories. Other religions. That was not. Well, I was going to say really other than Mormonism. Sentence. That's where I was going. Okay, we were on the same page. I made a sentence that like a third grader would. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is Philip here? <laughs> uh, he's third grade, isn't he? Uh-huh. Oh, I miss that kid. I haven't seen him all weekend. We just uh-huh. got back from Atlanta. Yeah, you better see get him on today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, break time. Break. Be right back. We're back. Hello. So my letter is from Laura, and I don't believe it is Laura. It is Laura. But, you know, to make things easier, she spells it L A R A. Thank you, Laura, for spelling it in a way that's easier to pronounce. <laughs> Watch, she's going to write in and be like, it's Laura. <laughs> Damn it. I know, we got it wrong. <laughs> All right, we're going to make that assumption okay. and let us know if we got that wrong. Fair. She says, hello, LDL ladies. Oh, it's us. Hello. I have been wanting to write this email for some time now, but have been having a hard time formulating my thoughts and trying to streamline them enough for a letter. I met you at DC Pride and had every intention of writing soon after, but here it is August and I am just getting to it. And for us, here it is October and we are just getting to it. It happens. Forgive and forgive. That's Mm -hmm. right. Hopefully my letter won't be too long and drawn out, but I refuse to make any promises. You know what? You write whatever you want. You write whatever the hell you want. If it's a shit letter, we're going to read it anyway. (laughs) I suspect (laughs) that it is not. We don't get any shit letters. Heck no. I was born into the church to two converts. My father converted with his parents when he was young, and my mother converted when she was a teen. 
My mother's parents were not real pleased with this, but for whatever reason, she was convinced it was the true church. Like a good Mormon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a true Mm -hmm. church. Anyway, my parents met as young adults and became pregnant with me. (gasps) Oops. She says gasp in parentheses. I know, that is a big no-no. Sex before marriage. Don't do it. It's a Uh no-no. That makes Jesus cry. (laughs) They were married in a civil ceremony and were sealed in the SLC temple. Wow, Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. When I was older. I don't really remember my father going to church when I was young. I have vague memories of him drinking beer and being a wandering type. Mm. My mother took us to church, but I don't remember her always following the word of wisdom or wearing garments when I was little. When I was around five or six, my father became born-again Christian. Oh. Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure what denomination he joined, but later it would become Pentecostal. Mm. Oh, the best one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He tried to convince my mother to come with him, but the whole thing freaked her out, and she refused. My father would walk around the house reciting Bible verses and praying for us. Jesus. (laughs) Exactly. Literally. (laughs) Sometimes he would even speak in tongues. Wow. Around the house. I think I would like call 911 if you were suddenly speaking (laughs) in tongues in the kitchen, like between bites of lasagna. Like, whoa. Lasagna can sometimes make me do weird things. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I have vivid memories of my mother saying, get thee behind me, Satan. Oh, God. (laughs) This sounds like the most amazing family. (laughs) I want to do Christmas at their house. Hell yeah. (laughs) Needless to say, things at home were very confusing and disjointed. It sounds like it. We still went to church and my mother tried to stick it out with my dad, but things ended up becoming physical at one point. Oh, no. Sorry. And she felt she had no choice but to leave. Mm -hmm. Close church friends of ours helped my mom pack up basic needs and drove my mom, my three brothers, me, and our VW bus towing behind us to my mother's parents almost 2,000 miles away. Whoa. Wow. Because of how crazy my father seemed to be and how young I was, the Mormon church seemed normal. In fact, his conversion made the church seem to make sense. Well, he sounded like he was off the deep end. Yeah, Mormonism does not <laughs> hold the corner market on I'm crazy. crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> the plainness of the buildings, the lack of crosses, the reverence expected of us, all of that seemed way more reasonable to me than jumping around, speaking in tongues, and rolling on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's some crazy, crazy shit. Of course, I was a prepubescent girl and had no idea how things would affect me later. Once we were with our grandparents, my mother still took us to church. I definitely remember garment wearing as I got older. At the time, I never really thought it was weird, just part of growing up Mormon. Yeah. As you do. When I was 11, I went to live with my dad's parents who were members of the church. I stayed with them for a year, and when I turned 12, I did baptisms for the dead. And, you know, Shelly, seriously, can we have—I know I say this often, but we need to have a temple episode because I don't know what the fuck that means, baptisms oh, for the dead. Well, that sounds like, like I a mean, food pod the, to me. <laughs> well, no, I get the concept of oh. it, but I don't understand the point of it. You do know it's all fake, right? <laughs> I'm starting to think that. Okay. Yeah, uh, Laura says, what a weird concept. Yep. This was probably a turning point for me. First of all, I am not really temple material, which reminds me I had a shirt that I wore in Utah a couple weeks ago that said, not temple worthy. Ain't that that. the truth. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) 
I have always been pretty loud and rambunctious, and I turn most things into a joke. You know what? That's just fine. We it do is, too. There's a lot to joke about doing that's baptisms right. for the dead. <laughs> for tell sure. you what, when you got to get into a big bowl of water that's sitting on top of twelve oxen or seven or whatever, what? and everyone's yeah, mm-hmm. oxen. Yep. Okay. Keep reading. Interesting. <laughs> Um, she remembers getting shushed for laughing loudly. Yeah, mm-hmm. no loud laughter. No. What's Mm-mm. up with that? I think I even made jokes about digging up dead people, but I could just be <laughs> making that up. I mean, you might as well. You might as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sprinkle the water right on their head. Mm-hmm. Second, I cannot stress this enough. Doing baptisms for the dead made me feel nothing. I did not feel like I was doing anything super spiritual, and the clothes were ugly. <laughs> the clothes were really ugly. And I can relate, you know, as I'm looking back... Before you go to your first baptism for the dead trip, your first temple trip when you're 12 or whatever, they really talk a lot about, you know, people seeing their dead ancestors who are so grateful now that you've baptized them, you know, feeling the spirit so strongly and people have said they've seen Jesus. And so you're expecting something, something momentous. And I was always looking for something that was going to give me a testimony because I didn't have one. I just Mm -hmm. felt kind of like, hmm, you know? Yeah. And I never had anything happen. And so it was always this disappointment of like, shit, this was the time that I really wanted to feel something. Like I was doing all the things and it just didn't, it didn't feel. So it was yeah. this constant disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, you could be like thousands and thousands of Mormons, I think, that convince themselves they're feeling something and then they make a testimony up yep. and they stick to it and they talk That's themselves That's the only reason it. they stay. Yeah, because the brain is a powerful tool and you can throw anything into that memory bank and pretend yep. it's real. Yep. Anyway, she's talking about how ugly the clothes are. I don't know why, but it's still something I can't get over, those stupid jumpsuits. They're horrible. Anyway, that was weird, but it didn't turn me off right away. There were plenty of things I did enjoy about church, like youth activities, road shows, hmm, firesides, etc. Huh. Mm-hmm. You haven't told me everything. You're holding Food out on pods. me. Okay. But it was the social aspect I really enjoyed. I mostly had to fake the rest, and that works out because I'm starting to think it is all fake. (laughs) I don't think I knew I was faking it at the time, but I definitely felt inferior to my spiritual peers. Yes, But that's the question to me. It's like, how many are really spiritual and how many people are just kind of phoning that Everyone's fucking faking it. Yeah, feels like it. Mm Mm-hmm. When I moved back home to my mom, she slowly stopped going to church over time. I continued to go, getting rides from friends in my ward. It was all I knew as a kid, and my whole social life was there. My dad moved to be near us and ended up marrying someone from his church. We had to spend some weekends with him and his wife, which meant we also had to go to church with them. As I mentioned, he became Pentecostal, and the rules of his church were pretty strict. Women did not cut their hair, did not wear pants or shorts, no makeup, no jewelry except for a watch and our wedding band, and submitted to their husbands. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) I'm sure there were rules for the men, too, but they were not nearly as apparent. At one point, I went to a lock-in at my dad's church while I was staying with him, and this term sounds familiar to me. Um, She says, a lock-in is where the church youth spends the night at the church and are locked in. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Hence the name, lock-in. Yeah, I think I went to one of those. They play games and sing songs, and I think at this one, they may have had some sort of testimony meeting. Of course. As you do. They also showed the movie The Godmakers. (laughs) I haven't seen this. It's an anti-Mormon movie. Oh. I cannot begin to tell you how much this fucked me up. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. 
I think I was around 13 or 14 at the time. I just cried and cried. One of the adult leaders tried to get me to pray with her and speak in tongues. Oh, my God. God. It is seriously one of the worst and most vivid memories I have. Jesus. I'm so sorry. While I have had tragedy and bad things in my life, the emotional turmoil this one moment caused has yet to be matched. Wow. You know, that kind of reminds me of my good friend who felt the pressure to speak in tongues and that, you know, Bible study lady prayed over and prayed over her. Yeah. And she kind of uttered something, but I don't think she really felt it and she was in tears. I wonder if that still messes her up to this day. Probably. Uh, Yeah, maybe. God. On one hand, Laura says, I didn't believe in what this woman was trying to rope me into, but on the other, why was this terrible movie made? I couldn't have known that the things they were showing were not necessarily wrong. Maybe not the best quality of film, but not wrong. For a while, I wouldn't talk about it with anyone. It cut me so deeply. When I finally did mention it, I laughed about the temple ceremony they showed in the film, joking about the chef hats and aprons (laughs) the people were wearing. Jesus, mm-hmm. she says, literally. Literally. <laughs> I added that. Oh. <laughs> As I got older, my mother and brothers had completely stopped going to the Mormon church and only went to church when forced to with my dad. I kept going. However, I really started to notice I was not like everyone else. I didn't care about the Book of Mormon at all. It was too boring to read. I didn't even want to read the Bible. I was more interested in reading romance and vampire novels. Hell yeah. Or how about romantic vampire novels? How about that? They make those now. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Also, I came from a broken home, and we had very little money. I felt a bit like a charity case. Mm -hmm. Not that my friends were not true friends, but I was like a little vagabond hanging around. That's a great word. I do not have hard feelings for the families who took me in and treated me as one of their own, but there were people I definitely felt were better than me because of where I was from. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to fit in, but I didn't. I just couldn't get into the doctrine, but I also felt guilty about it. Every little thing I felt or thought was a sin shoved me into a deep hole. Yep. I liked boys, but I had crushes on girls too. My sophomore year, I had a crush on a girl from one of my music classes, and I thought maybe she crushed on me too. Of course, I couldn't admit this to her or anyone else, so I just shoved it down with everyone else. Put it on your shelf. Shelf. Shelf it. Shelf it. Here's where I should mention my first real French kiss was with a girl when I was 12. Ooh. Ooh la la, it was a French kiss. Oh my God, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even consider this to be my first kiss until I was an adult. That's how far down that hole went. So because it was with a girl, she discounted it. Yeah. Yeah. When I was around 16, I started hanging out with more school friends than church friends. This is what really led me out. What they were doing seemed way more fun and seemed a little dangerous. Mm. I started experimenting with drinking and boys. I pretty much went down the completely wrong path. And why? Because I didn't actually know what a normal path was. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of did that too. Yeah, no, you're I kind of right. went crazy with sowing the wild oats. Mm-hmm. Still in my mind, I thought the things I was doing were sins and that I would just be going to outer darkness. Yeah, you kind of have to like accept that. Yeah. If you're not going to be perfect, you might as well just. Because you're trained to be perfect. Yeah. And if you can't be perfect, you might as well have a good time before outer darkness. Yeah. It's kind of like that um, that letter we read from your friend Natalie, who was like, if we're not going to tithe the whole thing, why why tithe tithe at all? Because it's not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same idea. Once I sinned the first time, I didn't see the point in trying to fix it because I knew I couldn't stop. So I accepted my fate. I packed a whole lot of sinning into about a year and a half. (laughs) I get that. Wow. 
I sometimes went to church and activities, but it was hard to lead a double life. The year that Trek first started, my friend wanted me to go and even made me bonnets. Oh, my oh God. Jesus. I honestly had no desire. I waited until the night before, and I told her I wasn't going. It pissed her off. There was no way I could do it. I really couldn't. I cannot say I regret that decision. It sounds fucking awful. Over time, I just fell further and further away. When I was 19, I met my now husband. He is a nevermo and unapologetically atheist. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was still unsure what I believed. I was afraid to denounce the church because what if it was true? You know, we hear that quite a yeah. bit. We dated, then moved in together. It wasn't so difficult since my immediate family didn't go to church anymore. I got married, but still didn't know how I felt about the church. Deep down, I still felt like I was a sinner and not worthy of any blessings. I would never make it to the celestial kingdom because I did all of the things wrong. Then, around when I was 26, I went to dinner with a couple of old friends from church. While in the bathroom with one of my friends, she asked me if I still believed in the church. I remember being really uncomfortable and kind of stammering out that I didn't really know what I thought. She laughed and told me she didn't believe in that shit anymore. I was so shocked. Here was someone who I had thought had an amazing testimony, went on a mission, came from a huge Mormon family who was telling me she thought it was all bullshit. It's all fake. I wish more people would say that they have doubts, would be able to say it out loud. But you yeah. know what? You're told not to. Right. You're, you're told to keep it to yourself. You don't want to be responsible for bringing someone else down right. the bad path. Sure. Stumbling I, block. I bet if there was like five minutes of real honesty in Mormonism, most of the people would be like, yeah, I don't know about this shit. Yeah. But they well, think they're the only ones. I know, but you know what? It, sharing your truth is never wrong. Never I don't wrong. Think. Plus, this moment helped Laura. She says, and it was in that moment I allowed myself to accept that she was right. After that, I read everything I could. I joined exmormon.org before there was Facebook. I started receiving the newsletter from the Tanners. Who are the Tanners? Do you know the Tanners? I'm not sure. Fanny Fact Check. Help us out, Fanny Fact Check. (laughs) Sister Fanny Fact Check. Help us out. I bought books, searched out all the answers I could. Good for you. And finally, I sent my letter of resignation to the church by snail mail and officially became an apostate. Yeah. I came to the conclusion that I do not believe in a God, and if there is a God that would expect the kind of ridiculousness religions say he does, that's not a God I want to worship. I get that. Exactly. I still have quite a bit of family and some friends in TSCC. So-called church. There we go. Oh, okay. The so-called church, who I am on good terms with and feel no judgment from. I just wish everyone could wake up and see the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. We're we're helping. Mm -hmm. While my story doesn't end there, I feel like this letter is long as hell, and there are other people who have stories to share. I could go on and on, so maybe I'll just have to change my Patreon tier and be a guest on your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, get it together. It's never too late. Never too late to change. I say these things in the name of FSM, Raman. She says Raman instead of Amen. FSM. I know what FSM is. I'm not sure. Laura, help us out. What's FSM? Anyway, thank you so much for writing. That's a great one. This kind of reminds me of a funny story. Can I tell a funny story really quick? Of I, I know we're long. Um, so after college, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I ended up as a DJ. That mm-hmm. shouldn't be a surprise to anyone listening. But before that, I was a camp counselor, Christian church camp counselor mm-hmm. during the week. This was um, in a summer break. And 
Then on Sundays, I would lead help lead music at this new Methodist church that was starting up in um, this this town that I was living in in North Carolina. It was not too far from the camp. But anyway, so this was my schedule. I would be a camp counselor at a Christian church during the week, come back on the weekend and stay one night, Saturday night, over at this place that I was like renting. And then Sunday morning, I would lead the worship. But Saturday night, I would go down to this bar downtown mm-hmm. and find this chick that w- I would fool around with. <laughs> I didn't even have her that telephone was your, number. That was your day off from uh, your holiness. That was your day to sin. Uh-huh. So I would find her at this mm-hmm. bar, give her like some sort of signal. We would go back to my place <laughs> and fool around. And then the next day I'd get up and go lead music at this Christian church. Hell yeah, you would. <laughs> and Hell then yeah, go you back would. to camp. Mm-hmm. Those are some good times. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good times. So in those wild oats and then being a Christian camp counselor and leading music. Yeah, so, yeah. I guess. But was I really sinning? No. I, I mean, you know what? Depends on your interpretation. Mm-hmm. I guess I was able to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> I know. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, thank you both for writing in. Those were awesome letters. Yeah, those were awesome. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us, we hope you do. Mm-hmm. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash contact and get in touch. Yes. We would love to read your letter on an upcoming episode. Love the letters. Yeah, we do. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. All right, I guess this one's going to be wrapped up for today. All right. Talk Sh- to y'all again it. soon. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye.